Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land, and welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. We keep working uh, to stretch our wings here at Skipcast. Now, in the last six years, we have had an entire spectrum of skippers. We've created an oral history unlike any other with interviews of Jungle Cruise skippers from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and more. We have tried to document the history of Disneyland and the Disney Company and theme parks from a unique viewpoint. You know, something you won't find anywhere else on the internet. And after six seasons, we keep on working to grow and find new comfort zones so you aren't always hearing the same stories over and over again. So, before we get in too deep and let you know about this week's guest and how he fits into that story, let's chat about where you can find us and our content. The headquarters for our world domination is over on Facebook, facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S. We have regularly updated vintage content, Jungle Cruise and Disney news, and stories from the ride, as well as links to the gateways for our merchandise. We have t-shirts designed for and by skippers as well as our two card games. You can find that all over on Facebook. We are now on Instagram as well. This is where we need your help. Uh, Just follow us at Jungle Cruise, C-R-E-W-S podcast. We really need to grow this. So if you are on Instagram, we would appreciate your giving us a follow. We're trying to put up new jungle photos every day. And the more people we can reach, the better pictures we're going to get. And of course, we are also on Twitter at Skipcast, S-K-I-P-C-A-S-T. So now why am I whoring out our social media so hard today? Well, that's because we are chatting with one of the social media darlings of the Disneyverse. Skipper Leo Camacho stops by the podcast today for the first of a two-part interview. We chat about his time at Disneyland, as short as it may have been, but also his role within the Disney fandom, the state of fandom itself, and a whole bunch of smaller nerd topics. And if you think that we go down the rabbit hole a few times too many, please be assured I deleted over an hour of random stories, pop culture references, and Leo and I geeking out like 14-year-old fangirls. Yeah, you see, Leo and I, we have good nerd padability, whatever the heck that is. Uh, We also chat, though, about his YouTube channels, what he has going on with future projects, and how to get started with YouTube content and podcasting. As always, we will have the second half of the episode up in two weeks. Oh, and for our regulars, this was a nice, clean audio track this time. I think we had it fixed. Okay, here we go, Season 6, Episode 10, as we present our conversation with the magnificent skipper Leo Camacho in an episode we like to call Adventures in Fandom, Part 1. Kungaloosh, everyone! opinion like i think it's just like it's so his offbeat humor is so on point every single time it, you know? well, it really is the it's the thing that fills the hole in my heart that futurama left oh you know, it, it, i feel like it's filling a lot of holes yeah like not just futurama i feel like it's like the tv show i've been just wanting to have you know like a really sort of a, adult 
but ridiculous yeah. sci-fi. Well, but there's romp. a lot of stuff that, that's out there right now. Uh, Brickleberry. Brickleberry is great. Um, yeah. I just started binge watching uh, Gravity Falls last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I didn't. Gravity Falls is top. Well, I, Kirsten Schaal is like my, you know, my nerd girlfriend, dream girl. <laughs> she's you know, she's my fantasy girlfriend. She's yeah. I adore her. I got to go out to um, uh, Last Man on Earth, and, and I was shooting for my catering company that I work with. Yeah. And I got to meet her on set, and That's that was cool. like, you know, the moment of, uh, you know, there's very few people She's after great. Disney that I get that I get um, tongue tied with on mm-hmm. the the whole like, you know. That sometimes those people just get, you know, they just get. Yeah, them. she's one. She's like, there's just so few people. Like Weird Al would be one. Oh my god. That, oh my god. I've, I met, him, I've met him twice. Him. So go ahead. And, I mean, I'm I'm rolling. It's I mean, it's like it's like up, it's, but, yeah. it's not even like a crazy experience. I did the uh, 107 facts about Weird Al Yankovic for Channel Frederator, mm-hmm. and I tweeted it, and then he he saw that I tweeted it, liked it, and then retweeted it, and I know I had no interaction with him, yeah. but like that moment, I was running around the office like Weird Al retweeted me, as if it was like some sort of major life accomplishment. I've seen. I think I've seen him in concert like five or six times over the years um, so cool. I want to go but uh, I ran into him in uh, once in Malibu once in Santa Monica because he's local out in that area yeah, and yeah. I actually just you know he seems like a literally cool grocery store kind of thing and it was one of the the first time I I respectfully just kind of like you know nodded my head and you know fight club <laughs> yeah well you know what it's it's funny too because I mean the celebrity thing from working at Disney there's just that in respecting an artist's ability totally. to have privacy mm-hmm. is even more cool than if you yeah. go up to them and say something. You know, what's the difference? I mean, For sure. Yeah, great. I saw him versus I shook his hand. You know, there's also it's more of an acknowledgement of their work as opposed yeah. to just flipping out because you're meeting a famous person. You yeah. know, it's like uh, it's you know just. Validating what they do. Yeah, right? and, and look, we, and we have Twitter for obnoxiously bothering right. people. You know, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, do appropriate slicing at the front of it, and probably put this at the front. Because <laughs> for ed- sure, editing is our friend. Uh, we are sitting here today with uh, Leo Camacho. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing the Jungle Cruise uh, thing, and. Uh, for those of you who do not are not familiar with Leo's work outside of uh, the the grand universe of things that you do, it's amazing. Uh, YouTube personality, I think, is a good good way of, of framing yeah, that. That's a good yeah, it's a good summary. I would I would say uh, we're sure. doing a lot, but we did we just had uh, Tony Goldmark on okay. from the Some Jerk with a Camera. Oh yeah, uh, so Tony was fantastic to have on. That's and really cool. I, he, they did a, a riff tracks style of the opening. The two-hour opening broadcast of Disneyland. Oh my god! The original, and they riffed the entire thing, and it was as good. I mean, I look MST is you know godlike in my opinion. Yeah. Tony's stuff was just as good. That's. I mean, it's so funny how fandom spawns. You know, it's like that's like a meta fandom. You know, it's yeah. like. It's combining, a, you know, the, the MST, but then also, like, the Disney original video, which already has its own fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the sort of uh, Venn diagram of fans that just sort of interlap. Well, and it's funny because he introduced me to a term that I had never really thought about, which is theme park fandom versus... Because, yeah. like, you know, there's the Disney fandom. For but sure. There are people who are legitimately just theme park fans. Yeah. Um, we have one of those on our channel. So I have a I have a Disney-oriented YouTube channel called right. Vlogs, And um, one of our members, uh, Patrick, he's a hardcore Disney fan, but... I would say he's equally a hardcore theme park fan. I mean, mm-hmm. he's sort of universe. He, he does stuff for attractions magazines all the time. Uh, he's written for about multiple theme parks, and yep. he knows every little update that ever comes out about any theme park in the country. Yep. It blows my mind. I didn't realize it was a fandom until recently. No, and it's especially when you start getting like Cedar, like Dollywood, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cedar, you know, park. Some, Cedar Park, and <laughs> yeah. some of these other things that are maybe a little out of what our you yeah. know, range is. Um, I have a friend who's in the middle of, of uh, looking and doing like a nostalgia 
um, you know, mid-century modern theme park oh podcast. God. And, like, you know... <laughs> All five people in the world obsessed with that will listen. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's... Well, I mean, look, I'm six years of doing a niche podcast with, with Jungle Cruise skippers, yeah. and I've had two million listens, so... That's impressive. You know, it's... there. Are, there's an audience for... Look, you're talking to a guy who made a living at first dressing like Prince Eric. Trust me, I know what a niche <laughs> audience is like. <laughs> so let's... I mean, let's... Before we get into, you know, your your Disney employment experience, yeah. let's, let's talk about what you're doing content-wise, because I, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, and I was, uh, you know, a fan even before I had friends that, that you know, were pushing me to get you on the show cause that's I cool because I didn't know you had had a Jungle Cruise experience and all yeah that. It's, we'll, it's fairly limited yeah, I will but, say but we'll, but, we'll uh, hit that as we go yeah. but um, and we're also working on getting um, uh, the other skipper who does okay I'm at the slice that because I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head okay. uh, he's the he's the one who has been doing the full makeup as oh, Princess Richard. Richard Richard Schaefer yeah. yeah he's like one of my closest friends oh I didn't know that yeah. uh, but yeah uh, Jen Chavez worked with him and Jen is um uh, she's my archive and content person for online. Oh, okay. And she's been friends, friends with him for a long time. So she, I've been trying to get her to host with me and do some episodes. And I think he's going to be the first one she actually oh. uh, does on mic with me. For so, sure. Yeah. And uh, let me know if you need him, me to help reach out or whatever. Oh, I mean. yeah. It'll be, I'm sure he'll uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll jump on the retweet bandwagon <laughs> when we sure. get posted. Um, but as far as, you know, I mean... You do a lot of things online. I do a lot of things online. I, yeah. I mean, how would you describe you know uh, your space in the niche? I mean, what what is it that you what is it you want your brand to be out there? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I feel like that's one that I, I struggle with all the time because obviously I'm associated with the Disney fandom the most mm-hmm. than more than anything, and I love the I love the Disney fandom, and and most of my content revolves around Disney, um, not just because. I love it, but it's also expected of me, right? So, like, Disney's sort of the main channel. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a huge video game person. Um, I'm actually going to be hosting a new show called Game Talk Live for Facebook. Facebook is, you know, kind of leaning in the direction of live video for for video games, and I just got a gig as a host there. Um, I do a lot of pop culture stuff. Um, I'm a huge movie guy, Mm -hmm. uh, big animation guy. Uh, I do a lot of cosplay. So all of these sort of avenues create this one lump of... Content, I guess yes. you could say, and and I and I suppose that at the nucleus, it's just general fandom. Mm-hmm. I'm just a fan of being a fan. Uh, I like you know anything from Comic Con to uh, Dragon Con to mm-hmm. even start going to Gen Con, more board game yep. stuff. Um, I'm a retro video game collector, but uh, you know I like contemporary hip hop, for yep. example. You know, like I, I, I'm all over the spectrum, and it's really hard when you're asked by an audience to define yourself more clearly and, and trying to find that wherewithal to limit yourself sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be doing a million things, but that's not what's going to work best for my brand. So what what can I do that is both honest content mm-hmm. for my viewers, something that they know is genuinely coming from me, and something that I genuinely enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. And Disney seems to fit the pocket every yeah. single time. I'd never get tired of it. Well, and it's, you know, it's strange because it is, um, in the podcast world, uh, I think we're we're nearing uh, saturation podcasts. Uh-huh, I, agree. I, I think we have we have hit the point where um, I'm trying to think of there's um, there, there's been other cultural things that have hit this point where you know you have uh, the initial and everyone gets excited and you have your cereal and you have your all the other things that are out there and everyone jumps on and you know and I was you know I'm six years I was there right as like Nerdist was taking sure. off uh, so we got in the door early with it and by no means do I think we're big. Um, but I think a lot of the people who want are wanting to get into it now that it's the saturation right. that it's so hard to get any kind of a niche, especially in if it. you go broad. And, and that's that's the thing that I see is that even the older podcasts that don't have a fixed target 
uh, of what they're doing are having a really hard time yes. getting an audience. Yeah, I feel like uh, niche podcasts are the, you know, not just like the, the alternative to the oversaturation, but I feel like they're just simply the future. Because it's like TV, you want to watch what you want to watch when sure. you want to watch it. And I, that's why I think this podcast is so cool, because it, because it is so community niche driven. Yep. But even, uh, you know, I look at everything in terms of, of threes, like even on my YouTube channel, uh, you have three primary for- sources of, uh, of content no matter what you do and you know it's like super broad but still within the general spectrum mm-hmm. something a little bit different out of the usual but still falls in line and then something hyper specific every yeah. single time yeah. um, you know like Thingma vlogs for example it's like our bread and butter is Disney vlogs or like you know going through the parks and showing mm-hmm. you foods but today we put out a music video so it's a little different out of the usual but it's a it's a you know music video about being an annual pass holder so it still falls in line with our general sure. sorts of content keeps the audience uh, guessing a little bit keeps the content fresh uh, but uh, yeah it is it is rough because as soon as you start deviating from that course you start losing the focus I want to yeah. come listen to this podcast to get this piece of information because you are the expert on it and you're the only place I can get that right now well but on the other side I mean, I, I think another thing that people, the trap that a lot of podcasts fall into is they read word for word other people's content yep. and, and the news side of it. And I think yep. that's just a death trap. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because you've got to generate your own content. You've got to have your own voice. And mm-hmm. the people who are, and I mean, and not to disrespect, everyone can no, have course, their own thing. Course. But, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to sit and hear 20 minutes of stuff that I can go on Facebook right. and, and, you know, or I can, you know, see the right. same kind of content. I want people who are who are creating something in their own voice, right? Um, which I mean, to be very to be very honest, doing a a cosplay Darkwing Duck, um, <laughs> you have done your research, sir. You know <laughs> that right there may be considered, you know, finding your own voice. I mean, yeah. we were talking. Uh, we were we were really hoping uh, for a, a gritty uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage style Darkwing Duck reboot. Oh my God, we that, would, that be would be the dream. Like, you know, we want we want a hardcore. Uh, I agree with that. I feel it's so funny because that's one of those things. Like everyone on my channel, you ask them what your favorite Disney movie is, and they're like Dumbo, Peter Pan, Snow White, and then you ask me, I'm like Darkwing Duck, <laughs> something weird and retro there. But yeah, I'm with you. I wish they would have done a gritty. Yeah, movie. and I mean, you know, now that Disney's got the live action rights back for uh, Black Cauldron for the entire mm-hmm, series, mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, not that Disney needs another property, right. to, you know, to. To make giant movies, it out is of, cool but, that they're doing that, right? They're plucking from this yeah, like obscure I, corner of their but fandom. I just want them to. I just want them to do original things. I mean, that's yeah. the, the problem. That well, Zootopia. Well, no, Zootopia is great. Yeah, um, the great original content. But then we have, you know, Maleficent two, mm. um, Cruella, oh, Cruella the with sequels. Emma Stone. It's, the sequels. Yeah, it, well, and not only the sequels. It's. it's <laughs> I'm not going to get into it deeply because I. God, I. We, we could I literally do about, a show but, just about that. But it's the intellectual. It's the strip mining of the intellectual property. Yeah. yeah. It's the live action Aladdin, the live action Mulan, the live action. But the uh, live action Jungle Book was so good. I am. I, my, I mean, my, I personally. My wife's friends were producers and writers oh, on it, so can't, I can't try it. Get out of here. I, no, but I didn't actually. I actually didn't care for it. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't really like it that much. That's and um, there see, was, I'm not jazzed about the new Beauty and the Beast. And and I, I have put myself in a box, and I'm going to pay for it at some point. But I've I've said I'm I'm not going to watch any reboots or uh, Whoa. or reimagining. It's a statement. Uh, Pete's Dragon didn't see. Oh, I didn't. Uh, like, I didn't really like Pete's Dragon. But I mean, yeah, I know at some point it's going to burn me, yeah. and they're going to do like a live action Atlantis, and I'm going to be crying under yeah. my bed when it's the best thing they've ever done. But uh, eventually, yeah, I'm just I'm just putting I mean, my I, foot down. I get it. I take it movie by movie. I, aesthetically, I'm, I haven't been a huge fan of Beauty and the Beast. I'm still obviously going to watch it because yeah. I'm. I love it. I love movies regardless. I mean, yeah. 
John Wick to me was the movie of 2016. <laughs> you can't, I can't argue. <laughs> but like, but uh, you know, sometimes I don't always agree with their choices. But I always just support the general growth of the company, and I hope that they do well. And I hope that maybe I'm just the old miser who thinks yeah. uh, these kids don't did, know. You know, did, did you see the uh, the recut of What If John Wick was from the dog's point of view? And oh my god, and he's he's avenging <laughs> avenging Keanu's uh, character. No, I have not seen yeah, that. <laughs> it's a solid little 15 minute cut together that they did on online. That's well, just... I'll throw one back at you. There's a there's a one where they, the, the fight scene where they um, break into his house mm-hmm. uh, except all the sounds have been um, replaced with Michael Jackson <laughs> that's one for you yeah so um, so in your uh, what's what's the weirdest thing you've done with your YouTube channel I mean what's what's the one thing that you even uh, look at and go you know maybe this was just the strangest thing I've, I've done in the time that I've oh, been creating easy, content okay. easy easy answer uh, you were talking about Richard earlier the, the skipper so there we have a video where he uh, so I'm always uh, Classically, for the uninitiated, I've been known the most for being Prince Eric on the internet. I was in a Tracy Hines video that went viral, and then I was in a, a wedding shoot with her as well, a Little Mermaid-themed wedding shoot that went mm-hmm. incredibly and, viral. And Tracy, we should, we should let, I mean, just in case people oh, don't Tra- know, yes, that, exactly. uh, the, the uh, hipster... Yeah, she's Hipster Mermaid. She's, uh, she's also a YouTuber. She does a lot of Disney covers, but is most known for her Little Mermaid work. Um, has a bunch of amazing videos. Yeah, no, no, she's great. Uh, so, so, notoriously, I've always been her Prince Eric. And, and Richard... Uh, his screen name is the official Ariel. He's always sort of, he started cosplaying as Ariel, yeah. and now he does everything. Obviously, he's amazing. Uh, but we have an episode on Thingam of Vlogs where he makes me up to be Ariel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he tries his techniques that he employs on himself, which work phenomenally on, on me, who uh, does not have uh, a more androgynous face, and and I'm stubbly, and I have huge eyebrows, and we literally had to use entire glue sticks just to cover my eyebrows so he could put makeup on, and. Uh, it's it's like watching a glorious uh, train wreck. Yeah. is the best way I can put it, and it, that's probably one of the weirder things. Yeah, I've it's, it's kind of kind of like a um, uh, a Snapchat filter gone wrong. Oh, it's it, yeah, and then hacked uh, by yeah. Russian spies, and then submitted <laughs> to the RuPaul's Drag Race, and what then was, coming in last place. Now, the one recently <laughs> that was really amazing was the the Hades. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, what was that process like? That was that was a much more intense, much more and more intense. Uh, this one had prosthetics and everything. So I, I was asked by Movie Pilot. They have a show called Becoming, mm-hmm. um, where essentially it's a live. Facebook show, they sit you in a chair, um, and then they spend an hour making you into a character. And they had approached me, and they said, it'd be really fun if we could turn you into... Actually, originally, it was supposed to be Krampus. It was supposed to be in December. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, actually, you know, I have a huge uh, Disney audience. I think it'd be cool if you made me into, like, a Disney villain. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, Hades would be fun. We can yep. do some prosthetic chin and nose and fiery hair. Uh, so I agreed to that. I went into the studio, and I sat in a chair, and they went full-blown and turned me into Hades. Yeah. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I had never had prosthetics applied to my face before because I do this thing called genetic cosplay. I'm doing air quotes for those listening <laughs> uh, where I just pick characters that I look like. Yes, and that's, and that's, <laughs> and that's the problem that I run into is that as a... Uh, a mid forties, uh, slightly puffy at the waist guy with a ponytail. Heroically proportioned. Yes, I, it's pretty much a uh, comic book guy. Comic book guy. <laughs> it's it's really the only Halloween costume I have available. Uh, you know, if I got rid of the goatee, I might be able to pull off Jay Sherman from the Critic. <laughs> oh my uh, god! But like an air conditioner. Um, <laughs> well, hey, listen. Body positivity. <laughs> and, you can and, do whoever you and, want, any, man. <laughs> any, anything that John Lovitz has portrayed at any point, I can pretty much get into the John Lovitz. Uh, Don't you be know. a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. Yep, we can go there. I'm sure that there's. I'm sure that there's. I, can, I, guess, I guess Phil from Hercules. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be a really weird size thing, though. It's only if you want to be the genetic cosplay. Yeah, I yeah. encourage you to. If you want to be Esmeralda, man, you can do it. <laughs> Whatever I, you want. I'm just trying to think of you know within within that realm what would be uh, you know. 
things that I could pull off and pull sure, off, you know. Sure. Well, we'll have to collab Smee? then. Smee, Smee? maybe? There you go. Yeah. I do hook, but I do the once upon a time hook. Maybe yeah. I'll have to actually finally commit to the Dustin Hoffman I, uh, hook. I, I might be in trouble. I have referred to once upon a time as uh, Disney Disney fandom masturbation. It's, ah, it's, no, that's uh, exactly. That's a pretty know, it apt is, yeah, analysis. It's, it's pretty much just giving satisfaction to yeah. a, a niche audience. It's a terrible show that makes you angry that you want to watch more it, of it. It makes me angry. <laughs> it makes me angry that ABC took Fables, the f- fantastic yeah. comic book, and heard the pitch and then 6 months later announced Once Upon a Time. Yep. That's what makes me mad cuz Fables is is glorious. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and luckily we you know, we're getting American Gods coming up here shortly, which I'm just salivating over uh, seeing Neil Gaiman stuff, you mm-hmm. know, on the screen. I mean Jillian mm-hmm. Anderson and I mean it's an amazing cast. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's such a great time for content. Every well, I feel like it's a, it's an enabling time, right? Like everybody can create content if they have yeah. the wherewithal to do so. I mean, tech is cheap, it's readily accessible, mm-hmm. uh, and there are tons of examples for you to start Sure. Your work based on. What, what was your first step? What was what was oh, it that man. got you into the uh... <laughs> the world of social media? Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, believe it or not, video game acapella cover music. <laughs> you looked at me like like a no deer in the no 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 no. I I have uh, I I knew uh, uh, a group that did all the old eight bit stuff, and they did all the mouth sound stuff for the eight bit stuff. So. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. we were called Push Start. And, uh, and I actually started as a joke because originally my whole career path was based around graphic design. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a digital artist, and um, amongst other things. And I thought it would be funny to make a fake band on MySpace Music. This is how long ago this was. <laughs> so I created uh, all this sort of paraphernalia and posters, and, and I recorded one song. where I did all the parts, the beat, the harmony, the melody. And it was uh, Tetris. And I put it up online, and, my, and I sent it to my friends as if, like, guys, check out my new band. Mm-hmm. A few of my friends thought it was really funny, so they, they asked if they could record a song with me. So the three of us recorded, like, Zelda and Mario. And then we were hit up by a radio station. And then we were uh, asked to perform for Intellivision. And then we started meeting all these other bands. And this, before I knew it, this joke kind of got carried away. Sure. And I took it really seriously. Um, not, not in, like, guys, we've got to make this band work. But in, we have to do these gigs because I think we're never going to get an opportunity like this again. Sure. My friends faded off. They went, they went back to school and, uh, I mean, you know, fu- fully focused in school and stopped doing these projects with me. But I saw it as sort of this um, training ground to start learning digital media because mm-hmm. I knew, I was like, there's something here. There, you know, this is going to become something. Sure enough, the host from that radio show got me into uh, this, this online audition for G4 to be a correspondent, mm-hmm. which led to me hosting a 15-minute tech peripheral where I did my first hosting gig. And from there I learned, oh my God, people are creating digital content just for the web, not just for TV, you know? A whole new avenue. This is pre-YouTube still. Uh, That led to me getting other hosting opportunities, learning about uh, community brand building online, digital brand building. I was, you know, early adopter for Twitter and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for brands, Uh, early partnership influencer work. And then it led to me getting a job at Google as a digital um, uh, social media manager. Uh, So it's, you just never know how these things are going to start. So now that I have this sort of base of knowledge, I get this call from Tracy Hines to be Prince Eric. The video goes viral. I start getting followers from something that was just purely a hobby that I turned into, you know, I carved a little niche into a career. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I have exposure to a, to a wide audience. And I just decided to, you know, grasp that opportunity and mm-hmm. keep going, keep making YouTube videos. I figured my, I might as well try and see yeah. what comes of this. Well, and the, the great thing that I, I mean, the thing I love about where that content um, creation is at right now is, 
you, I'm still I'm still being surprised. Oh yeah, uh, like the guys that are doing the four and eight part harmonies where they're splitting on the, you know the multi screen. <laughs> yep. where they're doing all the parts of it. And John Cozart does a lot uh, of that. Yeah, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I was a fan of the Bobs mm. and you know some of the mm-hmm. early acapella groups that were sure. doing you know covers of of you know rock stuff. In acapella, in acapella. And, and oh, I'm a huge fan of acapella in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look up the Bobs. The, the Bobs. Bo- the Bobs were one of the like bread and butter like um, mid '90s acapella groups. I will definitely look that. Up. That was hitting like Psycho Killer and um, uh, I mean Hendrix stuff. For sure. And, you know, I mean they really were fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's funny how that stuff influences you. Like, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blinking out. What are the uh, the Carmen San Diego? Uh, Oh, uh, Rockapella. Rockapella, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I've, I've often... Who are still creating content. They're, they're still, still out together. there perform- yeah. and touring, yeah. which is amazing. And I've sometimes, you know, when I'm discussing covers with people, sometimes I'll slide in, I'm like, hey, can we do the Rockapella cover of uh, of the Folgers commercial? Because mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite Rockapella songs, and nobody ever wants to do it, but deep down, one day. Well, or even <laughs> like... Uh... The bare naked ladies doing the acapella of Grim Grinning Ghost. Oh my God, I love is, that. Is, I, mean, I remember the yeah. the music from the Park album that that was on. Yeah. That when we uh, they would play it, um, uh, like on New Year's Eve and some of the other events, they would play it over the Park loudspeakers. Okay. Uh, and so when you're on the oh hub, yeah I remember yeah yeah so when sure. you're in, when you're in the hub hearing that Grim yeah. Ghost cover it's much more fast paced yeah. and fun and yeah yeah all that stuff ins- it's it inspires me and it's like oh that's cool I wonder if I can make a piece of content based on that you know and then yeah and, and then uh, but then again of course then you suffer from too much diversity because sometimes mm-hmm. I sing in my I do covers mm-hmm. and then you know cosplay is another thing but then I go to video games and my Disney fans don't care about video games but they want to do the video game stuff you know those that niche likes that content better than sure. when I'm talking sure. about princesses uh, but I don't care like honestly at the end of the day I like I'll do it all all of it and I don't care if, whoop, I don't care. My Cuban hand's knocking over my drinks. That's right. I'm a t- it's a t- I, have Itali- I have the Italian speak. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm half Italian, half Scottish, which is just such oh, a... Oh, you're ready to fight at all times, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> actually, my both hot sides, uh, they, they cancel cancel each other out. You just so. calm and level. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had to learn the zen of uh, having Italian grandparents. That's fair. I'm Cuban, so I'm very uh, I, I'm very touchy and hands-on. we got to hug at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's... I mean, let's... Uh, I, I want to keep on talking sure, about sure, this, no, but, yeah. but, but let's roll back a little bit because I want to go into your... Disney Park connection. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, so let's talk. I mean, uh, oh, that's a funny one. Yeah. So yeah, so you got. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing out of college, got went went to Disneyland and got a job. <laughs> Is that uh... no? Actually, it's 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 much stranger than that. Uh, out of college, I worked for Home Depot. That lasted five years. I was working in HR, mm-hmm. and I was dating someone at the time, and she wanted to work at Disney. She's like, I want to get this job. Uh, before I commit to a career, mm-hmm. I just want to try it. She's been there for over a decade now. And you're early, <laughs> early 20s at that point. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like in that range. Yeah, yeah, just about there. And um, and I was like, sure, I'll go with you because I don't want you to go alone. So she's filling out the application. I start just sort of, you know, back and forthing with the uh, recruiter there. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, you've got a great, great bubbly personality and you're good at spieling. Do you, uh, do you, would you consider a, a job here? And I was like, oh, no, I just came with my friend. If I did get a job here, the only job I'd want is to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. It's the only thing I've ever wanted mm-hmm. to do at Disneyland. She's like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, wait, are you, are you serious right now? She goes, yeah, just go in there and have a, an interview. And I, I talked to this lady. And it's interesting because they put me next to this other lady who was applying for... Um... Yeah, group interviews are, are their thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you're lucky, if it was only two. mine It was only one person. It was mine have all, Mine have always been three on the other side of the table. Where oh, it's my like God. me and two other people. And I always feel bad because the... the I've been hired and left three different times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And on the third time when I came back, they put me in a group interview again. And I'm just like, you guys, because I'm going to 
have to because yeah. I know what they're looking for. Sure. So I'm going to have to turn on the charm. Yeah. And the other two people just they're lost. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the weird thing is the lady next to me was in for custodial. Yeah. So yeah, no, like, they always the they weird, always she's very quiet and meek and reserved. Yeah. And I'm over there like yeah, let's shoot some hippos, you know. And uh, and they were like, you're great, you got the job. And I'm thinking. I already have a full-time job in HR. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I thought, all right, let's see what weekends. I can. Yeah, I was like, let's. But then, then they didn't. They weren't allowing me to just do weekends. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out something because I just wanted to at least get on the boat one time. That was my whole mission. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I did do, you know, I did um, traditions and everything like that. And I, I did the training, and I think I only ended up. I don't think I even got my own first full cruise by myself mm-hmm. because it was sort of like you had to pair up and learn it from another skipper. But but then it just started interfering with my day job, and I and I had so I, literally total time was one month. Yep. I think it was uh, from from my interview to the last boat ride was exactly one month, and I may have gone into the park to actually train. I think maybe six or seven times. Um, to do all of the rigmarole, but it was like it was one of those yeah. things where I can say that I did it one time. And that, and, I mean, it would have been like what year? I'm just trying oh, to place. Oh, damn, when was that? That is a really good question. I think it was like 2008. I want to mm-hmm. say. I think it was like that long ago. Yeah, it was quite a bit ago. Because um, I, I mean, if you ask, if you held a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you yeah, the name yeah. of another skipper. It was oh, so, no, no, it was, yeah, it's no. just a blur. Well, I mean, what did you take away from the process? I mean, did, did you? Because if that's the only time you've you've technically worked for Disney, for the, well, for the park, for the park, yeah. But I mean, if that's the if that's getting your feet wet with that, what did you take away from it? What was the? Uh, I mean, did the magic bubble pop at all? For, no, for seeing the backstage. No, side it's of it, just, I'm one of the people that the more I know about the process, the more enchanted I become. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love the I love production. Yeah. I think it's the coolest part of movie making is the the making of it. The the end product is is the experience, sure, mm-hmm. but but I'm really into that magic. So having that experience, it was actually it was cool. It was like getting a private tour of a piece of Disney history that I was most in love with. Like mm-hmm. the skippers are my favorite thing at Disney. Period. I just love that they've retained that humor. That they've never let it go, and that that campiness is what makes it charming. You yeah. know. Well, and it's and it's dad jokes. For it's the dad most jokes, part. and I'm a, yeah. ugh, I love dad jokes. They're my favorite kinds of jokes. Disney dad. One of my favorite. Um, one of my favorite Twitter accounts is the uh, the dad joke Han Solo account. Oh, I have not. Oh, where he's always like talking it's, about it's Kylo. Always, yeah, 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 yeah. Is is one of the best. Uh, yeah, and then emo Kylo Ren, always going yeah. back and forth with them. I love that. Uh, so, so here's the neat little trivia. So other than uh, of all of the roles that people request when they come to casting, yeah. Jungle Cruise is by far the number one. I was told that. Yeah. Uh, do you know what the number two is? Hmm. What would be your guess as far as the... And I, I will tell you it's attractions. Hmm. Well, I would I would have thought that number two was, a, was would be a face character, but I guess the auditions for that are held separately. Yeah. So let me see. Attractions... People walk in, they want to work at a ride. Which ride is it that you think that that is the compelling one that people want to work on? Tower of Terror would have been my guess, but that's hmm. That is yeah, that's a good question. Similar vibe. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. No way, really? Yeah, big time. Oh wow. Yeah, people. Which is my favorite ride, so it makes sense. Yeah, no, people <laughs> definitively you know love the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So. I can I can see that it's also it's one of the ones where you can get a little bit more into character and be like creepy. Yeah. And I we did a, a DLP uh, in June mm-hmm. and the the Phantom Manor in Paris. Oh my gosh, the Knott's Berry Farm ride, as I call it. <laughs> it's amazing that it's because it, it's not cartoony at all. 
I mean, it's much, no. I've been on it. Yeah, yeah, it's much more intense and a yeah. little scary. It's really scary. It's if I felt the ride was going to break yeah. down on me, it was because it feels so different yeah. from this ride. Have you been? Uh, have you been down to Walt Disney World since they put in the new uh, hitchhiking ghost effects at? Uh, yes, the mansion. I, really cool. I think they're fantastic. I like them too. Uh, I would really they like get on top of the cart yeah. and stuff but, like but, that. But well, pulling your head and mm-hmm. you know turning your head into a balloon and I mean I thought it was that, great. That interaction where I mean it, the shame is it's such a short amount of time. You know you have you four, can't really four or five. Yeah, if if you if you don't know it's coming, you're going to want to ride again to see it. Right. Well, that's which point, is good. Right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean I I think that kind of digital uh, overlay. Yeah. When is, d- when done right, I feel yeah. digital can work. I mean, like just like the uh, the hatbox ghost in Disneyland, the way that his head floats up from yeah. the box to his it's head. Just that they put it in the bad place. Well, where else can they put it? When, uh, the one they need right. to change is the bride. I hate that visual effect. Yeah. With like the axe overlaid her, on her I just don't think it looks good at all. Yeah. But then you have like this classic effect of the shadow uh, playing the piano. Yeah. That's well, my favorite visual effect at Disneyland. Yeah, and I do like the um, the new um, uh, the paintings where when you the, lin- the lenticular stuff when you go by and the groom's heads disappear. Oh, I love that. No, th- those are great effects. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the bride is feeling a little dated right mm-hmm. now. But and the thing is, it's weird that it feels dated because I feel it's a newer effect. It is. It's well, but, yeah, but you look at what they've done with like Mine Train in, yeah. in Walt Disney World with yeah. how good those effects look. I mean, did you have you been on Frozen? At no, Epcot? it was. Oh my god, we couldn't get a fast pass for it. The, the fast passes were were booked out, and I get that. I can understand why you wouldn't want to wait in that line, but yeah. I, I did. It was it. never under sixty five minutes in the, the day we were there. Those birds agree with you. Yeah, yeah they're very angry about the fast pass lines. <laughs> hey guys, yeah. calm down. I'm just gonna let you know the animatronics are surreal. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're something also, else. Also, also, we're big Hitchcock fans. Just so you know. Oh yeah, calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's because uh, I'm just I'm always curious about people whose uh, whose path crosses you know Disney, but yeah, it's yeah. not a long term thing about you know what they yeah. take away from the. Well, it's it's interesting because it was like I've always been. I was an AP even then. Yeah. And uh, and and I thought, oh well, this is kind of neat. I might as well just say that it, I given this a shot and to be honest if I didn't have a full time job I would have committed to it because yeah. I thought it was wonderful yeah. uh, but um, well and also when you do that at that level you know it's it's you know minimum plus a little yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not an amazing thing that you can make a living at it's right. it's something that it's, it's, a, it's, it's a quality of life thing like you yeah. get that, that you know, peace of mind of knowing that you're part of something bigger high, and high school feel, kids and retirees yeah honestly I mean, college kids and, yeah I was like right in the middle pocket where I yeah. didn't fit either And uh, but, but what I did like was I got to learn about the process of becoming being a cast member. I thought mm-hmm. that was really neat. Um, I also thought it was interesting to see the dynamic of different departments within the park yeah. and how they interact. And Jungle Cruise Skippers definitely got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> I got to let you know. It was sort of this thing like, hey, you're in the Cool Kids Club now. You've got to yeah. like, be oh, like it's us. a fraternity. It I mean, totally it's, it's is. A total, I mean, with, even when the, in 95 when the yeah. ladies joined, you know, because uh, you know, I was no women before 95. Sure, yeah. Uh, it, even the ladies are part of the fraternity. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a very... Yeah. Uh, what was really interesting too was like the kind of shock that I just got straight in. Like yeah. they, they, no, no one else really believed that I that I did that, and I didn't know what a big deal it was until yeah. I showed up for training. They were like, "Wait, you didn't, you haven't, you didn't work in any other attractions? You, you haven't done?" And I said, "No, I just literally walked in and I got this yeah. job." Well, and it, it goes in in phases where Jungle becomes a, a higher attraction yeah. for a while, and then for a while they do like only transfers, and they, they do less of the new hires go into it. Yeah. But the problem is in Adventureland, you've got Indian Big Thunder, mm-hmm. and both of those. Which, were- by the way, I spent my first like two days only in India attire because they didn't have extra Jungle Cruise Skipper yep. clothes. Costume. So I was a Jungle Cruise Skipper in Indiana Jones outfit. <laughs> uh, the um, the uh, Adventureland's tough because, you know, you've got two two attractions that really require 
a little bit more competence. Right. Uh, and Jungle Cruise, yeah, I mean, boats and guns and things. But, yeah. And, but for me, it requires more timing and more presentation well, you're an and not every point. and not everyone who can right. who gets in on a new hire gets that i can see that i know personality wise i would peg you you know as, <laughs> uh, as someone who would fit would fit in well as oh, a thank skipper. You. that's a huge compliment coming from you by yeah, the way yeah and you, i'm sure you could walk back on today and uh and tell a couple jokes and probably be right with it bless so. bless so that's cool. Yeah, uh, they don't like it when you do that. By the way, when you just walk on the dock and take a boat out. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't like that. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's issues apparently with that. It's and, uh, uh, I robbery. Get, even I can't get away with it. So I can pull some strings um, somewhere. <laughs> I, uh, I I was sad. I didn't know any of the Orlando people this trip. Um, the last time I went out in 05 or 06, I was still with the company, mm-hmm. and I, I took a nighttime deadhead, and they let me oh. let me spiel the boats. Really? Yeah. So I've spieled both coasts. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, that's cool. It, it's it's a pretty amazing. It's a very different ride. Multiple. He, I, uh, when I was going through traditions, I made a friend who was a skipper in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he got a job skip being a skipper out here, yeah. and uh, he was explaining to me the differences, and I was just yeah. fascinated. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Well, Disney World's a little more cartoony. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. There's subtle differences. And, 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 you know, the Disney regulars definitely notice them. Yeah. Like when I went to Orlando, I, I rode the ride. And I, you described it perfectly. It is much more cartoony. Yeah, well, it's the Mark Davis kind yeah. of. Uh, and then you have the cave, and then there's like that awkward silence, you know? Yeah, because you can't spiel in there because yeah, it's just the, the PA gets all... So fa- man, it's so in- it's yeah. so funny because like here I am having this like in depth conversation about Jungle Cruise Skipper, something that like you know when I you never I never would have believed that yeah. this was such an overwhelmingly large community that yeah. you know this well, conversation could take place. And, and now I mean, uh, nature man, nature HR everywhere. <laughs> um, so I'm, my pe- you know people who've heard the show a lot have probably heard some of this stuff, but I, I'm guessing some of your listeners will and viewers will come along. Sure. So I'm going to tell. Uh, <clears throat> do you know about Hong Kong? Uh, the Jungle Cruise in Hong Kong. No, no. So uh, the skippers there have to be able to spiel in English, Mandarin, and Cantonese. And the, they have three different cues that you can line up in based upon what language no you can way, listen in. No way, really. But they don't segregate which skippers hit those areas. So you have to be able to spiel in all three oh. of them at any at any time. Wow, now, that's crazy. Just imagine, you know, let, like let's say you spoke Spanish yeah. and French. Uh-huh. Imagine having to switch your sense of humor up in between those languages. Yeah, that would be rough unless you're uh, a native speaker. Uh, I, I do speak Spanish, and yeah, it's but, interesting. Like I'm thinking about switching between comedy styles because yeah. obviously it's very tonally different. Oh, oh, the the the. <laughs> We we've joked a little bit. We um, uh, the 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 Spanish speaking Jungle Cruise would be a very different. Ride. Oh my God! It would be so exaggerated it, it and be, uh, drama, dramatic and Spanish speaking Jungle Cruise. Totally, totally. I different. mean, it, it totally. Would, I would do. I would do Spanglish. Yeah. Even I would just do a completely ridiculous cross cultural thing because apparently. <laughs> I did a video, the perfect date at Disneyland, but I did it like uh, with an Antonio Banderas and Puss in Boots style accent because mm-hmm. that's how my family that, talks. By the way, <laughs> that show is the the the, uh, the one on Netflix is freaking genius. The Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Oh, I haven't even seen it. It's written by um, Acker and Blacker from Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh. And I didn't it's know got that. like Ron Funches and Paul F. Thompson, and I mean the cast on it. Uh, oh my the, god, I have to check it the, out. Then. The guest cast on it. Well, I mean, I, I'm watching the episode that Funches was on and. I'm just like God. I know that that voice. Yeah, uh, he's on a roll. He's he's uh, crushing it. It's interesting. My best friend is friends with him from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was yeah, Oregon, and because uh, they work together at some warehouse. So he's been following. I've been oddly following his career because we're yeah. weirdly connecting, and he's killing it right now. Well, and I, uh, one of my wife's friends is is one of the guys who's producing Powerless. Oh my god! And I mean, him and Danny Pudi and. Um, 
uh, who's the girl? Um, you got me. Anyway, but Powerless is... is yeah, the superhero. Yeah, the superhero one. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, no, no. Fantastic show. I mean, yeah. between that and Legion... I want to... I haven't watched it yet, but... Yeah, I'm no, it's on, on it. it's on Hulu. And then... And I, um, hear, I was I was mixed on Legion, but now I'm going to watch it because all of my X-Men friends say it's good. All of my non-X-Men friends don't get it. So, it's, uh... It's... If, if Wes Anderson directed X-Men... Oh, my God. Uh, it's absolutely... That's... Uh, I okay. think I think Legion may be the best Whoa. superhero Whoa. television production. Wow, that's uh, saying a lot. Well, you, I, how about hold Daredevil? On, hold on, I gotta, I, I gotta pull off the Netflix stuff because the Netflix stuff yeah. is really amazing. Daredevil, Daredevil season good. one is like amazing. Yeah. Season two weaker, but well, still good. Well, and then um, you know the the whole Luke Cage one was fantastic. Luke Cage was awesome. Jessica Jones was fun. David yeah. Tennant. I mean, yeah. But okay, but but realistically, Legion. Legion hits a different note. Yeah. It's, it's truly comic booky, right? It's a little more. Uh, no, it's no? not. There's there's a Bollywood dance sequence. There's a oh. musical number. Well, I feel like, but that's there's, the kind of stuff you would see in a comic book. Yeah, like weird visuals. The, the thing you know? the thing is, it's about mental health. Yeah, for sure. You know, the main character is yeah. the question is: Is he schizophrenic? Is he? Yeah. You know, and it ta- the opening episode takes place in a mental hospital. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a very different. Well, Legion's a weird character. I feel like he's just oddly deep. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, it's funny. My my inter- uh, introduction to Legion was in the I used to collect the the Fleer Ultra X Men cards, mm-hmm. 1995 edition, yeah. <laughs> and I had uh, I had his card, and, and and it was just like weird. The way they describe well, it was so twisted. And you look, know? I mean, and Age of Apocalypse is one of my favorite storylines, which he's storyline. Oh, I want a Morlock storyline. I want Bishop. Yeah. And, like, I want a Bishop storyline. I don't think, want it to be an what, ancillary what, what do you think about uh, Pierce Brosnan as Cable? Wait, 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 wait. Is that confirmed? You didn't see the picture of... Don't tell me Pierce Brosnan is Cable. No, it is. He's it not was... rough enough for Cable. He's not big enough for Cable. It, there's a picture with Ryan, <sighs> Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman with Pierce Brosnan. He better step up his game. Oh, no, I think it's... he Because he, he had gray hair in the picture. Did and he, he look it? Oh, he looked good. His face is the right shape. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Yeah, he was not as beefy as, as I wanted as him to be beefy cable, to be. though. Uh, <laughs> but I'm... Uh, look, I actually think... Because uh, it's going to be in Deadpool 2. Is he, is he... Yeah, is he dropping the accent? I don't know. If Cable's British, that's weird. No, no I'm sure that they're gonna, not going to go with that accent. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... Look... I'll, I'll give him... Listen, yeah, we'll give I'll the be hopefully optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I never, I didn't think Ryan Reynolds could pull off Deadpool. Oh, my God. I felt like when I saw Origins, mm-hmm. I was like, that is a shame. They wasted Oh, they wasted him. that entire movie. He was the best casting and the poorest character. Yeah. Like, oh, there was, nothing, there was nothing redeeming about yeah. that movie. And the fact that he's a genuine fan of Deadpool, yeah. it killed me. And then well, when this was announced, oh, God. Well, and, so the, and then we get lucky because um, the guy who's directing New Mutants... Uh, so no. Anyway, it'll be really Anyways, interesting. Yeah, yeah welcome back to the Disney. <laughs> uh, tangented heavily. And yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm excited about it. I, weirdly enough, in the '90s, they had a Generation X uh, yeah, miniseries. Which, yeah, which, which I, was it wasn't good, but I remember loving it because I wanted to see mutants no, in school. And it know? was look. There were things. The problem with the Gen X one is that it didn't have the special effects. Oh, they weren't ready. The for The special it. effects weren't at the level. Yeah, there were some decent. You know, Banshee, and I mean, they, yeah, they, they made some good, yeah, they made some good choices. Look, uh, Gen X was skin a, was cool. Gen know? X was a solid uh, story. Yeah, I and mean, it was a very you know well put together. I want this to be what Gen X was supposed to yeah. be. What's, That's what I'm going. What's for. your uh, what's your dream character or storyline from comics that you'd like to see as a movie Ooh. or TV show? Because I mean, look, like Lucifer has been doing yeah. extremely well. Just got picked up for a third season. Uh, like, what is it that you would like to see well, that that maybe wouldn't be X Men specifically? No, no, no. Just comics in because general. I would something that would be real. I'll tell you mine, which is Starman. 
Starman, okay. I, I would love to see DC Starman yeah. because it's, you know, it's a hipster superhero. Yeah. And it's done huh. in a way that, you know, that, that storyline is so unconventional to superheroes that it would be a perfect perfect fit to where we're at in this post, post-modern superhero That'd be fun. kind of a feel. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like they've done the basics and now they're doing that branching out thing. Like, you, you look at Ben Edlund's new, uh, new take on The Tick on Amazon. Yeah. Which was... As a live that action. That was super great. Yeah, I mean, it was beautifully cast, and the, uh, Peter Serafinovitz was just crazy. Yeah. They went with Crazy Tick, and where um, Patrick Warburton was mm. Stupid Tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they went with more Crazy Tick. I like I think Crazy it's a Tick. Good, it's a good, it's a good, because uh, I think now you can make that, because we're at a point where we've well, people seen get it. comic books right. enough. There's enough exposure that you can have a show that is a meta show about right. comic books and superheroes. Well, look at Iron, we're getting an Iron Fist show. Yeah. Who cares? Right? We care now. <laughs> but if you would have made the show eight years ago, everybody would have oh, yeah, like, Danny Rand would one episode, the worst, it's over. Yeah. Like, I th- see, here's the thing. I'm a hardcore Turtles fan, yep. so I wish they would make a movie that was truly uh, honest to the comics. Yeah. But... Like I'm the fine black, with what the, I get. The black and whites. I mean, the, the black know. and whites. But you know, colorize it. But just do those early Eastman comics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I'll never get that. I'm happy with what I get because I'm. You a might get it as animated though. I, mean, I, I can see them doing a black and white animated. You know. Yeah, and they do references of it. Actually, the the new Turtles cartoon has a lot of instances where that happens. Yeah. It's re- I love the new cartoon. But if I didn't do a show, honestly, I think here's my premise. Here's my setup. I would do long shot. And oh. and then I would do long shot, and then he would inter- he could travel between dimensions and end up in other superhero storylines. So he would sometimes be with the X Men, sometimes be with Gen X, sometimes he would be with like uh, Alpha Flight, and then like Mojo. Maybe the storyline is Mojo is always after him, but he ends up helping all these other heroes through the through the story. And you would just get a fun character. Look, I, I like how cool would that be? <laughs> I like I like long shot a lot. It's yeah. one of my favorite mutants. I think that would be a. I think it would be a hard storyline. I know. It would be you like said, it would, you said perfect. It would world. be like Batmite. It'd be like an entire <laughs> Batmite series. Would but be, you said in a perfect in world. A perfect and world. I feel like if yeah. you had the incredible Game of Thrones style budget, yeah. and you could do all these special effects, and he could travel. Oh no, all no! These like things. Murder World would be a. Oh, uh, Murder World would be awesome. Yeah. No, there. Are, uh, look, I think like Locus teleporting. I think, over. I, think Mur- I think Murder World could have held its own as an X Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. But the the problem is, is, you have to do a lot of things to get to that point. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. Well, that's like days, uh, like days of the future past, which was really what. Um, yeah, once again, another wasted opportunity. I yeah. thought I thought that that was, but in my opinion, still one of the better X Men movies. No, no, no. But no, I totally agree, agree that it's a wasted opportunity yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, but they had to, they had to cross over the old and new, you know, X Men. Yeah. Everyone keeps bugging me to watch Steven Universe. I got to oh, get on that grind. Yeah, no, it's it's the same way with like, Gravity Falls with me. That, yeah, uh, I've been on Voltron. Have you seen Legendary Defender? Yeah, I am a girl on Tumblr when it comes to that show. <laughs> I love it. Space Dad for life. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you that Steven Universe is. Um, Look, I, th- I think Rebecca Sugar is doing something that is it's genre really... breaking with that show, and so and so like forward well, thinking. Because and... I started watching, it and I'm like, oh, it's a 10 minute throwaway show, and I and then I ended up binge watching in four days the really? three the three seasons that were out at that point, and just went, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's the only show that's a 10 minute show that I would say has an epic storyline to it. Um, I mean, it's it's powerful shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, to put it succinctly, it's strong female characters and transgender. And, and, yeah, and, I mean, exactly. I mean, I heard I've heard kids just defining love differently because of that. Yeah, so. I mean, it is. It's a different. Um, uh, it's like the first new new media 
you know, cartoon series. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's strong stuff. I get it. No, yeah. it's, that's really cool. I feel like there's been shows that have sort of allowed for that progress to happen. Shows like Adventure Time, for example, yeah. that are just weird, yeah. but people kind of buy it. And then you had, like, Over the Garden, what is it, Over the Garden Wall? And... Yeah, but even Disney has done a little bit of that. Um, did you see the the new Mickey Mouse uh, oh. short short oh. films? I, I'm in love with them. Yeah, I, I think that those were... They're unreal. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, you're right. They totally break the Disney mold, but they don't feel not Disney. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's almost um, it's almost like, you know, Walt's Boys and and uh, Ren and Stimpy. Oh, had that's a, baby. a really good, especially Goofy. Yeah, Goofy's straight out of those like you know those close up stills that are really grotesque. I feel mm-hmm. like Goofy. Yep, there's a little bit of that. that yeah. yeah, where it's you get a very different Donald and you get a very super different, angry Donald. Yeah, some really he, uh, Mickey's uh, a little a little a little troublemaker well, again. Yeah, I know it's nice seeing Mickey not being hipster Mickey. Right. I mean, Mickey has a personality again. Love it. That was my gripe for all of the '80s and '90s. Is Mickey became boring? Yeah, he started wearing teal, teal collared shirts. Yeah. You know when did that happen, Mickey? But even even <laughs> uh, like even House of Mouse. Yeah, you know, you had you had an opportunity. I, mean, I like some of the things they were doing yeah. with bringing back the original um, animation. Yeah, but you know, House of Mouse became really uh, it, it, it got lost in itself. I yeah. feel it was, but it was boring. I, I just watched um, would have been a great would have been a great theme park attraction if you would have sat in a restaurant and you had your projection on the walls. Oh yeah, and you would have been sitting inside the cabaret, yeah, absolutely, kind of like Mickey's Philharmagic. Mm-hmm. That would have been a, a good. Yeah, it's theme funny. Park I attraction. got that same vibe when I went to see Philharmagic. I was thinking like, oh, this reminds me of the interior of House of Mouse. This is yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really the Philharmagic. I, that's one of the better things in Orlando that I think they've really uh, they they should bring that into. Yeah. Put it in the millionaire space, maybe. Or I just did it for the first time, like uh, in December. It was my first yeah. time doing Philharmagic. So we, we were we were there two weeks ago. Oh, nice! And uh, I'm doing an entire episode, kind of recapping because. A lot of the Jungle Cruise people don't want to hear about you know my vacation thing. Sure. Um, we were there. For, I do. Yes, we were there for <laughs> we were there for the arts festival. Um, just happened to be there during that time. Yeah. And uh, uh, not a lot has changed in the ten years since my last trip. It I would was, imagine that it was very. Uh, you know, Interventions is closed finally. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like a Disney, a Disney World is so big that when there's changes, they're so scattered. You know, they're yeah. just all over the different parks. So you don't really experience them all in one congested place ever. Like yeah. at Disneyland. When something changes at Disneyland, it changes the whole park experience, you know. Yeah. Like this Tower of Terror thing at DCA or uh, Star Wars Land. Yeah. Um, you know, whole sections get blocked off and we don't have a whole lot to explore. Yeah. But Disney World, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm still intrigued about how they're going to handle the, the guest capacity through Star Wars. Oh, Land. they're not. That's exactly the point. Is like yeah. they're preparing for that now by raising the parking prices uh, and 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 trying out new things with like the you know the fast pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call that? The you know you can, you the, can the yeah the, the fast pass max the max yeah exactly. Yeah. So you know they're trying all these things to attempt to prepare, but I think ultimately it's just going to be an avalanche of of, yeah. of a mess of people. Yeah. You know? I you know and I. The, the horse that I've been riding for two years is that they just need to get rid of the lower-priced APs. There's, there's well, that's too, what they're there's, doing, There's right? too many APs. Well, I mean, not even a little bit. They need to to put it to the... Um, yeah. Well, now no more payment plans, so that'll severely reduce it. Did that it. get... Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear. Well, it's going to happen. <laughs> you okay. Know? Yeah. So if, yeah, no, no. I, I, I would be surprised. That's a cash cow that I don't think that they would... But I, I feel like... I feel Here's the problem, though. Is that you get these APs, and yeah, they're paying these prices, but then when they go into the parks, they spend less money than a traditional guest. Yeah, yeah. Especially because we learn yeah, all the shortcuts. It's a capacity issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's just, you know, if you have uh, 25% of the, the park's attendance on a given day as APs, uh, or more. Yeah, you know, that's it's, a lot of it's, people. You know, it's 20,000, 30,000 people, yeah. and that, that's it's a pressure on the rest of the day for everyone else. Right. But speaking positively about APs, go oh, listen no, to no, my no. song that I just put out today that's about being an AP. 
<laughs> no, and you know, look, I'm I'm not negative. No, on I the, know. I'm not negative on the pass holders. I'm negative on the structure that the Disney parks have created that makes their parks too full. Yeah. It enables that. Right? Yeah, it yeah. does. No, I mean, look, Disney Social Clubs with the guys with the motorcycle jackets, I will yeah. trash that all day long. But the, the actual I appreciate APs, the spirit of what they're doing. Yes, but, <laughs> but like APs themselves, I love, you know, but at the same time, it's just it's just there's too many of there's them. There's too many, yeah. It's like children in general. If there were less children at Disney. It's so funny, I always think that too. I'm like, why are there kids at Disneyland? <laughs> uh, Get out of my line. <laughs>